We are the tribe from the north. We're brave and we're bold. Defeating our rivals never gets old. Making our way to the Big Sky Conference. Watch out, cause here comes the silver and gold. Welcome back, Try from the North, Brave and Bold, to the official, unofficial podcast of your Idaho Vandals and the Vandals affiliate on the Big Sky Podcast Network. I'm your host, Brian Marceau, joined today by the Dream Team, riding again, producer Dallas Hammer, a.k.a. Dammer. Dallas, how's it going? It's up and down uh, in the cybersecurity world, which is is my profession. There's a large vulnerability that's kept me up. It's kept me working on the weekends. It's been a it's been a tough couple of days. But for the two listeners that didn't know, I'm a giant nerd. My most anticipated movie in history comes out Thursday night. I have tickets to go see it Thursday and Friday. I'm very excited. It's going to be a good week, and maybe we'll get a coach too. You know, the icing on the on the cake. Dallas, I thought we weren't supposed to talk about the problem with my OnlyFans account on the show. Mm, sorry. Um, hmm. My oh, bad. I guess people know now. Anyway, we're here, two-person crew. We're, there's only one thing to talk about, guys. We're talking about the coaching search. That's the We're going to clean up some stuff. We're going to give you any of the news we have. Obviously, university hasn't announced it uh, for as far as time stamping this recording. It's December 14th. So that's Tuesday night. Announcement presumably is going to come any time between now and good God, it better not come late on Friday. But we're here for Around the Bar and we're getting some active listeners aren't going to see this. And honestly, no one may ever listen to the show anyway, because if Terry announces Wednesday, I don't I mean. I don't know who's going to be, if you listen to the show at like five in the morning, which maybe uh, Dallas producing in public, let's get this one pumped out fast. Oh, absolutely. This is going to go live to podcast services. If you are listening to this right now live, this is going to be on podcast services within a couple hours. If you're listening to this on a Wednesday, we don't normally publish these till Thursday. So yeah, live producing, we're going to push this out immediately. And I just noticed when I use the term pumped out, everyone's going to think I'm talking about my OnlyFans account again. But we're here at Around the Bar, guys. Brought to Hashtag Brian's boobies. I love that, Patrick. Yeah, uh, again, viewers are going to miss that right now our comment thread is going pretty wild. And a lot of it is eventually going to talk about the coaching search. And full disclosure, because I'm a teacher, I don't actually have an OnlyFans account, so don't get me fired. It won't work. Because I'm in a rural district, I'm not getting fired. But anyway, don't try to get me fired. Around the bar, brought to us by Hughes River Expedition, Dallas. There's only we're talking about the coaching search. We have, I mean, Football Scoop published an article on Monday that got some traction. Although asterisk, guys, Football Scoop is a kind of worthless entity. If it didn't have 151,000 followers, no one would care about them. Football Scoop essentially published a less cautious, less helpful version of what we said on the show last week and an article that was published on Friday by Stefan Wiebe in the Lewiston Morning Tribune and Moscow Pullman Daily News, which uh, we work, we're, we're working with Stefan on that too. But anyway, I've, Football hold on. Scoop. You buried the lead on that. You were credited as Vandal Insider Brian Marceau from Tubbs at the Club. We did not work with. It was... 
you were given full credit. Let's let's take okay. a step back. Okay, I'm, I'm trying to not be too self-congratulatory <laughs> here. Look, I already talked about my That's OnlyFans good. three times. That's already self-congratulatory. <laughs> so, like, we're anyway. Actually, you're Dallas. You are correct. Um, I was quoted as a source for by Stefan Weeby. Anyway, Steph, we we communicate with Stefan, of course. And Stefan published an article that was, I mean, you know, it, I, we shared our info with him. It had some similar conclusions to what we talked about on Tuesday. Football scoop on Monday, and it got a teeny bit more traction. They published a not as good, not as accurate version of Stefan's article where they essentially just said there's three finalists. Uh, three finalists being Joel Thomas J, uh, of the New Orleans Saints, running back coach Jason Eck, offensive coordinator at South Dakota State and Brent Peace, assistant head coach, wide receivers coach at University of Montana. Uh, full disclosure, there's no evidence to say there's a list of three finalists. Uh, those are three guys we all know interviewed, for sure, so that part's not inaccurate, but just a reference, referencing the football scoop thing, there's no reason at this point to believe there is a quote-unquote list of like three official finalists. It honestly looked like football scoop trying to make themselves look better for having said Brent Peace was a front runner last week, which we talked about. And Brent Peace did interview. It's not wrong to say that he's absolutely being considered for this. But that got a little bit of internet traction. People got a little bit excited about it. Also, Stefan Weeby's article was picked up by uh, Saints Wire over the weekend. That's, a, um, I don't know the organization exactly, but it the, the Saints Wire. USA Today. The, yeah, okay. That's what I was going to get to. It's under the umbrella of USA Today which meant got a little bit of national attention, which is cool. But it was Stefan's article. All of that is to say Football Scoop published old stuff and it was treated as being new for a little bit. That part's boring. The The big stuff that Football Scoop published is the stuff we've already said. Uh, we already know for a fact Jason, Jason Eck, Jason Eck, Joel Thomas, and Brent Peace are all guys who've interviewed for the job and uh, have a very – if you interviewed, you're still in the discussion – Dallas, I have filibustered for a while, getting everyone caught up on where they would have been if they listened to our show last week. Anyway, you, we do have kind of a piece of news. It's mostly deletion, as in cleaning something up. Um, might call it a short, a short funeral. Do you, you want to bring that up, Dallas? Do I have to? Well, I mean, you don't have to. I've just been talking for like seven minutes in a seven-minute, 40-second show so far. I should have pulled up taps, um, but I did not. Uh, our beloved hashtag damaged goods. Uh, we have reason to believe that while we were told he had interviewed for the job, uh, new information is coming out, uh, and we do not believe that Bo Baldwin is a serious candidate or even a potential candidate at this point. So, uh, if you were on the damaged goods train like Brian and I, pour one out, uh, cry yourself to sleep. That's what I did last night. Um, that's why you might hear me yawn a little bit. Uh, it was mostly just sobbing into my pillow, uh, just staring at a picture of Swoop on the wall, hoping that we were going to recreate some Eastern magic. But uh, that's that hurt to that hurt to say out loud, Brian. It hurt to admit that. Yeah, we chased down a couple of... I, we said on the show last week that Bo Baldwin's a name that won't die because we did keep getting tips in. We haven't chased down every single tip that we have in, but the tips that we have had that we've been able to chase down, it's nothing substantial. Uh, nothing that we would want to say, hey, uh, nothing we'd want to base speculation of, of Bo Baldwin being a candidate on. Uh, we also have some pretty... Our sources are anonymous, so like sometimes we have to be vague about this. So I apologize. That's just where we're at. And until we're full-time paid at Tubbs to 
trace down, chase down extra sources we can say out loud, you'll just have to deal with this or listen to the other Idaho show. Um, we got some pretty direct communication relating to Bo Baldwin to, to say, hey, we feel good saying Bo Baldwin's definitely not uh, not considered a, a person that we may get in the future, in the near future. So devastating news. RIP damaged goods like Captain 58 just said. But we have to move on, guys, because we're going to get a new coach. And before we talk about our new coach, Dallas, there was some head football coaching news in the state of Idaho, correct? Yes. Uh, fortunately slash unfortunately, there is another school in Idaho in the FCS, and they have hired a coach. Uh, and from all indications, they actually did a pretty good job. Um, it, we'll get into our discussion of how we think the Idaho search is going here in a little bit, but the Bengals hired Charlie Raggle, a uh, Pac-12 special teams coordinator. Um, looks like he's really happy to be moving to Pocatello, so I can already tell this is a bad hire. Uh, but on the real, uh, the guy was a coordinator in the Pac-12, and he's headed to Pocatello. That is an incredible hire for Idaho State. So I'm very honestly specifically, stunned. he was the special teams coordinator at Cal. Yes, thank you. Uh, knows Bo Baldwin, so I was really hoping that you know we'd just keep that train. I I had all these conspiracy theories. I had the board and all the the red, and, and no, it just it's not going to happen. But I mean, congrats to Idaho State. Honestly, I'm I'm blown away by this hire, Brian. I I was expecting they'd have to like hire the I don't know the offensive line coach at Whitworth uh, to find somebody that was interested in this program, but. Uh, that's a that's a huge hire for them. Uh, like Sean Sean put it in the the chat. Uh, Bengals really nailed their hire. I could not agree more, Sean. Yeah, producing in public, uh, Idaho State has also hired a defensive coordinator at this point, a guy named Tim Schaffner, who uh, relatively well regarded junior college coach. We're going to quit talking about Idaho State in a second, but uh, two things that relate to Idaho. First, Idaho State made a very good hire. Uh, it, relative to, to Idaho State, they just landed a power a Pac-12 coordinator, which is in line with a lot of recent Big Sky hires. Jay Hill, Weaver State, he was Utah's, he was University of Utah special teams coordinator. Troy Taylor, U University of Utah offensive coordinator. He's at Sacramento State. Um, Brent Vegan was offensive coordinator at Wyoming, which is not Pac-12. Not power five, but still pretty good. Anyway, this is in line with pretty good hires, and Idaho State's not universally known as like the best job in the in the conference. But the reason I bring it up, um, side note, their search went faster than ours, which that doesn't necessarily mean like it's better. Uh, it means, as to our understanding, they had a they had a smaller crew involved in their decision. Which, hey, good news, bad news. If your crew is good, you feel all right about that. But uh, search committees run professionally as well, so I'm. Like the, the fact that our search has run longer than theirs, I don't really care about. Um, we'll say Idaho State, a little bit of an own goal announcing Friday, uh, which it, Friday last week, they announced like one o'clock Pacific, two o'clock Mountain. Uh, still, rel reason I bring that up is, good Lord, I really hope Idaho announces within the next day or two, because I do not want this to be a Friday news dump that we're changed, that we're so excited about this new coach and he gets announced Friday while the entire FCS media world is caring about the playoff game, which 
in the Northwest, that's Montana State, South Dakota State. That is absolutely going to happen with like the Montana media. They're not going to care about Idaho higher on Friday. So I hope for our purposes, getting guys in the program, that have our hire happens uh, relatively soon, early enough to make this podcast itself not news, not newsworthy or not. Breaking news. Brian just announced that the hire is happening this week. If it's not okay, it's 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 just got to happen this week. Which Dallas, we're about to get to uh, to can candidates to, re- to cycle through, you know, get some takes, get some reaction. Honestly, the communication out of this has been pretty narrow, been pretty pretty quiet. We you know we have we have stuff we will talk about, but I gotta say, when the candidates get narrowed to just a handful they're looking at, it's not hard for places to keep information quiet because essentially if the department's not saying anything and the guys waiting for the job aren't saying anything, there's no one to say anything. We have a little bit of stuff we'll get to, but first thing, question I got to get to you, Dallas. Idaho search is lasting pretty long. I know at the start of this, I referenced on one of our shows that, hey, December 1st through December 17th is the average range for recent big sky hires. What's your temperature right now just reacting to we still don't have a head coach yet? Um, well, now that we've got all these tips that Bo Baldwin is not the guy, uh, it's pretty cold, honestly. Um, we obviously broke the news close to a month ago that, and by we, I know, uh, Brian, you did probably 90% of the work and I did the last maybe 10%. So you broke the news that, Petrino was out. Um, from what we gathered, it was a decision that had some steam behind it for quite a while. So the fact that we are here in mid-December without a coach when they may have known for longer than a month that this was coming, not terribly thrilled about it. Um, when we had all the the smoke around Bo Baldwin, I thought, okay, you know what? If this process is going to take this long and you hire maybe the best coach in modern Big Sky era – great you know there's a bunch to work out there there's a contract buyout there's i mean he's already got a job he's gonna have to negotiate because it's not just to take it or leave it he's already got a job in the big sky i was under the impression like okay you know what you take forever i if you land a whale like bo baldwin great i mean maybe they do land a whale uh i know joel thomas we'll we'll get to that joel thomas is obviously a, a big whale to a lot of people um Obviously, one of the greatest players in Idaho history. Um, I know uh, Boatman, who uh, is unfortunately pretty slammed with West Virginia stuff, probably not going to be on the next few podcasts. Uh, I know he is a huge believer in Thomas, especially the, uh, not that it's a a reason you hire somebody, but he'd be the first uh, minority head coach in Idaho history. Pretty cool thing to to be able to say. Uh, Landing a, a, a guy like that from the NFL or Bo Baldwin or, I I know we've made the jokes about Nick Saban, like landing a hire like that. Absolutely. uh, Take as much time as you want. But if this is the, if this takes this long and they end up with, I mean, shots fired at the guy, especially if he's going to be the next head coach, if they end up with Brent Pease and they hire him the 15th or the 16th or the 17th or the 22nd, why could that not have been announced a month ago? Why could that not have been this? It's just, and I know there's so many things that go into the process, but it does start to feel like the longer this drags on, the better the coach has to be, or or I'm going to be underwhelmed. 
maybe other folks on this podcast will be underwhelmed. Maybe the fan base will be underwhelmed. There will be people that will be excited, and and maybe you know maybe they do. They, it's Thomas or it's Eck or I don't know some some offensive coordinator from a Pac-12 school, and it's like, oh wow, how how did that happen? Like you know, uh, Brian Lindgren. Wow, that'd be incredible. Like okay, but right now it's it's just it's the darkest just before the dawn. I think is is kind of where I'm I'm at where I'm feeling. I just I'm not thrilled about how this is going right now. People might be shocked because we're usually Dallas and I are pretty close in terms of our takes here. I'm not worried at all. The first thing that I know a lot of people, Dallas, to his credit, did not make this point. A lot of people are pretty anxious about missing early signing. I think those people need to take a Xanax right now. The early signing period, what the dead period, early signing period day is December 15th or tomorrow, correct, Dallas? That is correct. And the dead period when coaches can no longer contact recruits was that started December 13th, correct? Correct. Uh, there was yeah. a cold period Monday, the or the quiet period started Monday, the no contact period started yesterday. Okay, so as far as calendars then, well, just yesterday was Monday. Shit. I'm my days are off then. I, I honestly did not know what day it was. Uh, it's It's been that kind of last four days for me. I'm going to keep going. Can you, producing in public, can you verify that 13th as the benchmark? The reason I bring it up is quiet period, uh, dead period. It's a We're in the dead period right now. My understanding is December 13th was the dead period. Dallas is about to verify that. Which means if we had hired a coach on December 6th, which is last Monday, we would have bought the guy seven days for recruiting. I truly am not concerned about losing seven days for recruiting. Like, for example, Sacramento State with Troy Taylor, they lost uh, seven days or so for recruiting with the early signing period in 2018. I think they're okay. Also, if you're a guy who believes Idaho has some solid talent, which I do believe we have some solid talent, I, I don't think a I don't think a handful of freshmen the first week of signing is what makes this takes the Idaho from being okay or from no, we were not okay. We we're sub 500. A few freshmen is not going to take us next year from being sub 500 to flirting with playoffs. It's going to be transfers and retaining juniors and seniors from this last year's team. And that to me, what matters much more is just getting, getting a good coach, getting someone people are excited about Dallas. You have those dates up. You're ready to jump in. Yeah. So the quiet period uh, began on Sunday, the 12th, the dead period began on the 13th. Uh, The dead period goes until January 13th for anybody that's listening and not seeing this live. Um, the quiet period and the dead period are mostly the same. The quiet period is the time uh, when it is permissible to make in-person recruiting contacts only on the member institution's campus. No in-person, uh, off-campus recruiting can be made during the quiet period, which again is only a, a day to start. So not a huge change there. And then the dead period, it is not permissible to make in-person recruiting contacts or evaluations on or off the member institution's campus or permitting, uh, or to permit official or unofficial visits by prospective student athletes to the institution's campus. So the dead period is essentially the dead period, no contact at all. Okay, so by not hiring on, let's say, December 6th, we lost a week. I'm, I'm really not concerned about losing a week for recruiting. Uh, otherwise, 
look, until we're blowing past the 17th and not having a guy, then I'm okay with being upset. But like, look, we're just within the norm of big sky range right now. And part of what can explain this is if you have some good candidates, which we're going to get back to those in a minute, guys, we're not burying the lead in filibustering. We just want to get through a couple subtextual issues now. If you have some good candidates, look, there may be some negotiating we have to do because of contract purposes. We'll, we'll get to individual ones, but Idaho landing the right guy is the intersection of us finding someone we want, us finding someone who wants us, and the parties mutually finding pre- a contract range that works. And some of our guys, the guys we're going to talk about, they're under contract in a way that isn't necessarily resolvable at the end of the right away. Because of that, hey, that to me is a reasonable explanation for why we don't have people. I know why Idaho is being thorough. I know it's kind of annoying that it's been so dang hard to get any info about it and that itself makes people anxious. But honestly, until we're on Christmas with no coach or until on Friday, December 17th, we announce Whitworth's defensive coordinator as our head coach. I don't think Idaho fans should be worried about the time yet. Just it, it clearly needs to wrap up, but as a, it hasn't wrapped, wrapped up as of our recording, I don't care. I'm fine with that. All I care about is a good guy at this point. I'm not going to fret losing seven days. Dallas, anything in that regard you want to talk about before we go back into candidates? The the one thing I would make as a counterpoint, I understand the the there are people that say, well, the coach has been gone since the what a week before the contact period and halfway through the evaluation period. So who's talking to the, the, the kids that were being recruited by Idaho up until this point, what's going on with them? Is, is there anybody on the staff left that's talking to them? Did the whole staff go like, I do understand that. I think with the COVID year, uh, I don't think we would have seen a whole lot of recruits anyways, just because of the scholarships are, are just going to be weird for, Honestly, probably the next four years because of the free COVID year that some players used and others didn't. And it's just it's just such a, a weird situation. Uh, so I, I would say there's a little bit of credence to that of you'd theoretically want somebody to be able to come back in at the very end of the contact period and say, hey, guys, I'm Bo Baldwin, the next coach at Idaho. Uh, you were offered by the previous staff. You've got a spot here. Uh, looked at your tape. You've got a spot. Or, yeah, you suck. Get out. Like, it would be nice to have something like that rather than kids twisting in the wind assuming there are kids twisting in the wind this could be completely just false we don't know i i don't know enough about recruiting uh, i know chris and martin are the the guys that care the most about recruiting so if martin if you're if you have more information feel free to correct me in the comments but uh that's the one argument i could see you want to have somebody to to connect with the kids that have been recruited for six months or a year or however long some of these seniors have been recruited, you do want somebody to say something to them. But Brian, your point is pretty sound. Like there's no, there's no real damage done by missing most of the, the quiet period and dead period here. It's not going to do a whole lot, but you would like to have at least something said to the kids that are, and maybe there was something said, but you'd like to at least have had something said to the kids that they were trying to recruit before, the regime change. And now transition to clean up or update on candidates. Dallas, spin the wheel, man. Who you want to start with? Uh, we're going to go with Jason Eck to start. Um, we've got a comment from uh, the pod father, Sean Kramer on here. Um, Jason Eck is somebody that's very, 
intriguing to me. And I think to me, if Bo Baldwin isn't the guy, Jason Eck is probably number one. Um, now, Sean's comment is if it's Eck, they have to announce it immediately after their game. It's annoying because it's the industry norm to announce the hires, even when the guys want to maintain the runs through the playoff and bowls. So that, I mean, that's a very good point that you, that maybe that's why this hasn't been announced. Idaho's trying to do things weird and maybe this is the guy. And because SDSU is still running, maybe that's why it hasn't been announced. Uh, that's a good excuse. I, it's, I don't know. Or it's as good of an excuse as we can make. I, I still don't understand why if it's a, a current assistant, I don't know why this couldn't have been announced. Uh, I think Sam Houston, uh, I think it was their offensive coordinators headed to, De- to Delaware. They announced that, and then Sam Houston went to the playoffs. Obviously, they didn't make it that far, but it's one of those things that I'm like, I just, I don't, I don't know why. If it, if it's if it's this guy or if it's Brent Pease or any of the other collegiate uh, assistants, I don't know why there hasn't been some sort of announcement or even more than just the little bit of smoke we have, but. Um, he checks the boxes to me, uh, former, and, and I know we've covered uh, covered this before on on the podcasts, uh, especially last week. I know Brian, you and, and Boatman went over some of the top candidates. To me, I, I like Eck. He's my my first choice of the quote unquote three finalists that we know of. Uh, if we're if we're throwing Baldwin out, can we pause real quick? Let's not call them finalists because like there hasn't been this official finalist list. Let's reference people interviewed that we're aware are still active. Yeah, that's. Uh, I'm lazy and was trying to use as few words as possible, but yes, that's, that is the accurate way. Uh, we're talking about people that are candidates that we know have interviewed and are likely still active in the process. Um, I call it a finalist cause we don't know if there are finalists, there might not be finalists. It might be they interviewed 17 people. They're pulling a name out of a hat and somebody's getting a job who knows. Um, but yes, Brian, you are absolutely correct. This is not technically a finalist for the position. It's just someone we know has, has interviewed. Um, but, uh, Again, Eck checks the boxes to me. Um, I would personally like an offensive guy. I got sick of watching Petrino's offense um, for, honestly, since the second Linehan was gone. Um, Not to bring up the dead horse, but daddy ball was not my thing. Uh, The last couple years have not been my thing either. Uh, Now there have been some incredible performances on the ground, but it's really nice when you can see, you know, the ball get thrown through the air and, and get caught. That's a really cool novel concept. Um, now obviously South Dakota state runs the ball a lot, uh, in recent years, but he's been on a staff where they used to throw the ball a ton. Uh, and then he's, he's got the Idaho connection. I, I, I'm assuming that's a pretty big deal. Uh, and everything we've heard is he's a, he's a good dude. Um, and that's, to me, that's a big one. Um, I would like somebody that doesn't come across like a giant raging asshole in the media and even just standing on the sidelines. It would be nice to have a guy that you want to root for as a person rather than thinking, God, it'd be nice if Petrino would win, but God, he's such a dickhead. I'd, it would be really nice to move on to a coach that A, wins, and B, doesn't treat kids like shit. He's also from a pretty dang good program. South Dakota State has – you want the question for you, Dallas, over or under, is the last time South Dakota State missed the playoffs – was it before 2011 or was it after 2011? Oh, that's a question I don't know the answer to. I'm going to say after because I think you're going to try to trick me and say that there was one season that they didn't make it. So I'm going to say after. 
2011 is the last season South Dakota State did not make the playoffs. I didn't know push was on the table. Bullshit. My, my bad. Uh, hey, well, you know what? Blame that for – blame Idaho and the, the region for not having sports gambling legal until now. So I did not learn that lingo when I was younger. But anyway, uh, 2012 was the last time South Dakota State didn't make the playoffs. Eck has been around South Dakota State since 2016. He's been the offensive coordinator since 2019. They made the playoffs every single year that X been there. His first year as OC, South Dakota State lost in the second round. They had a bye, and they lost to Northern Iowa in what was their first game, but the second round. In the last two seasons, X been the offensive coordinator. They made the national championship in the spring and lost to Sam Houston State 23-21. And this year, they're in the semis traveling to Montana State Saturday. Well, they're already there, but the game is on Saturday, so – uh, X run there. Obviously, you wouldn't say it's just because of Jason Eck, but programs Jason Eck, the program Jason Eck's been present at South Dakota State has only been successful. He's got the Wisconsin connection. He played under Barry Alvarez, play, played in the Rose Bowl for Wisconsin in 1998. Everyone who has ever speculated about Idaho for more than half a second is going to bring up the fact that Terry is from University of Wisconsin, that clearly has you know relationship with Barry Alvarez, we've been led to believe. Uh, she is certainly in contact with Barry as far as advising with this. So there's some peripheral stuff to make Jason Neck reasonable. And we absolutely good, good information says dude interviewed and is still active. So uh, absolutely on the table. I, I don't know if I'd put him as my, my one because every candidate of course is going to have some holes in their resume, which we've talked about. Uh, Eck hasn't been a head coach yet. Uh, doesn't mean he won't be a good one. Now, as a guy working up to being a head coach, he's done all, he checked all the boxes you can until you actually get the head coaching job. Uh, but to our knowledge, you know, again, we earlier cleaned up Bo Baldwin saying, hey, we we said low likelihood event last week, but like we're going to call this a no likelihood event right now until further notice. Uh, Jason Eck, absolutely, there's a ton of smoke around him online. And for us, uh, we, look, we've got a lot of news to say. We should take this guy seriously as a candidate. Uh, I'd be pretty dang happy with Jason Eck. I want to bring up a guy we haven't talked about yet, uh, Dallas, which this might be a curveball for you. He's a person that, one, we did get news that the guy absolutely applied to to our knowledge interviewed uh, for this position. And even if we hadn't been given that knowledge, we would have talked about him on this show anyway because he was a finalist for the Idaho State position. Washington State Offensive Coordinator Brian Smith. He's the guy who took over for Craig Stutzman at Washington State when Stutzman was fired, along with Rolovich, for not getting vaccinated. Brian Smith t- took over the offense, and uh, WSU has been pretty dang solid in his time. He came to Washington State with Rolovich from Hawaii. He's a run-and-shoot guy, so, hey, maybe you don't like that, maybe not. I talked to Colton Clark about this. He said that uh, Washington State's been pretty 50-50 with pass and rush since Brian Smith's been there. Their offensive numbers haven't been, you know, 40 points a game or anything like that. But WSU solid. They absolutely rebounded after Rolovich was fired. They're playing in a bowl game. They're competitive. They, they really lost two games they shouldn't have that kept them out of a bigger bowl. But Smith was successful at Washington State. Pac-12 coordinator. Any year that you – if we are talking about another school and we heard they hired Washington State offensive coordinator – Brian Smith is their head coach. I think our reaction would be pretty dang positive. And there's also, there's no way in hell that the guy applied for a worse job that pays less where he'd have to relocate to Pocatello 
whereas he could just apply to a better job in Moscow that pays more and not have to move. That was, that's why we would talk about it anyway, but we also got a tip that he absolutely did interview for the job. What would your reaction be about Brian Smith? He, he doesn't have the same smoke other guys have, but because we're our new, our info says dude interviewed might as well talk about him. What, what would your reaction be Dallas? Oh boy. Um, there's two parts to this reaction. Uh, the first part would be goddamn furious. The second part would be ecstatic. Um, I'll talk about the second part first. Second part is ecstatic because I think he would be a great choice. Um, there, I don't think uh, there was a necessarily huge improvement when when he became the offensive coordinator. I think that Wazoo team was really powered by their defense, and that's why Dickert ended up getting uh, just the interim tag removed, and he's the guy now. Um, however, I think the run and shoots a lot of fun. I think it would be really cool to watch, uh, CJ Jordan in that offense, assuming CJ is going to be back in the starting quarterback. Uh, I think, I think that would be a lot of fun to, to watch. He's obviously local, uh, living in Pullman or maybe even living in Moscow, commuting to Pullman. I can't imagine why, but Hey, the uh, stranger things have happened. I would be furious that it's taken this long to hire him. Um, because right now, he is likely someone without a job. Uh, and that's why he's probably applied for this job. Um, Can I jump in? He's not it. likely. He's not likely. He doesn't have a job. Uh, Dickert already hired um, Incarnate Word offensive, uh, off, Incarnate Word head coach as their offensive coordinator. Don't have the guy's name producing in public. We'll get in a second. But yes, I mean, he could, you know, he could be demoted back down to the running backs coach and stick at the, as the running backs coach. That was what I meant. There is a chance he could stay on the staff. I would highly doubt that he would do that, uh, especially having been promoted to offensive coordinator and then having that taken away. Can't imagine he'd stick around. But I, again, stranger things have happened. There is a very slim chance, but that's why I would be so frustrated by this. 99 times out of 100, this guy right now is unemployed. Uh, wh- why are we taking so long to hire him? If if he ended up being the guy, I would be thrilled. I think it'd be a, a very good hire. Uh, I think he'd do a pretty good job. I would question why it has taken so long to pull the trigger. WSU new offense coordinator next year's Eric Morris. That's the name, uh, former incarnate word head coach. Uh, my reaction to Brian Smith, I'm just going to throw the asterisk in there because this is just a, a thing Dallas and I are going to be a little bit different on. My understanding is if it's taking as long as it is for us to hire a guy, it's probably because some other names that we were trying to go for didn't work out or there was contract negotiation that slowed it down. Cause you're right. I mean, if this was, a, if some of this was just a slam dunk in terms of hiring people, it would be, obviously you'd expect Brian Smith's already done. You'd expect Jason X already done. Uh, I mean, just other piece of news too. When the part of why we know the Brent peace story from last week is not correct. And we had people in the media say so like, Hey, Johnny Ballgame uh, sent that in during our show. Thanks dude. Um, we, we know that Idaho was still interviewing when that article came out. So like definitionally it couldn't have been correct. That doesn't mean Brent peace is not table, but if they're interviewing last week, the day we recorded, well, Hey, that's part of why the process has taken a while. And so in any difficulty with contract negotiation, that can partially explain why it's taken a while. Again, I'm just not stressed until we blow well past December 17th. We're not December 17th yet as this recording, but um, I would be happy about Brian Smith, but I would understand that to mean if we landed on Brian Smith, it's because some bigger names we're hoping to get did not work out. And that's a fair, that's a fair thing to, 
to have um and that's i think just the that's kind of the the dual-edged sword if they are hunting for whales which all indication is yes um i still in my heart of hearts am always going to believe that bo was that big whale i know it's not what it's not how it was but that's what i'm going to believe in my in my heart forever um that's the the problem with doing the whale hunting you do have the public perception of what i'm seeing as a casual dude of it took you a month to hire this guy like and and that's maybe not valid like you said it is there's a a process that's happening and if it ends up being brian smith at the end of the day it probably does mean that other names maybe they couldn't work it out with joel thomas or they couldn't work it out with bo baldwin or nick saban said hey you know what i guess i'm not interested sorry uh but it is one of those things that it's going to have the the public perception of you took a month to do this. Um, and now if they came out and, and announced and not that they ever would, and not that it would ever be possible if they came out and said, yeah, Bo Baldwin turned us down. Joel Thomas laughed in our face. Brian Lindgren hung up on us. Like if they came out and announced those things, be like, Oh, okay. You tried. Cool. But th- that's obviously never going to happen. A PR firm would laugh at Idaho for doing that, but uh, they would rightly laugh at Idaho for doing that. Yeah. Like it's, it's not something that's ever going to happen, but it it is, it's, it's part of the dance you, you deal with here. Uh, if, if it takes you this long and you end up with a guy that realistically looks like he could have been hired weeks ago, you're going to have to deal with that. It is what it is. I want to shift from here. Cause I think we're pretty, we're pretty close to the same of not, I'm not, I'm less anxious about it, but look, this, this would be a good hire if we found out, Again, if Idaho State hired this guy instead of Charlie Ragel, like, would you be less impressed with Idaho State? I wouldn't be. I, they both sound like really good hires to me. I want to hear from you about Joel Thomas. Alex and I talked about Joel for quite a while. Uh, he's He's got the Vandal background, which, full disclosure, I have said people should relax about obsessing over a Vandal background, but that doesn't mean it's not an added bonus if your guy has one. What's your, uh, we, we absolutely, so I can say this unequivocally, Joel Thomas is interviewed. We absolutely know that for a fact. Um, a lot of, he is one of the guys we keep getting news in terms of updates about being still, still involved in this. So Joel Thomas, Dallas, what, what's your, what's your reaction? We find out Joel Thomas this week, or what's your take on, on, uh, Idaho head potential Idaho head coach, Joel Thomas. So if Jason Eck is my, my one, a. Uh, the guy that of of the candidates we know have interviewed, if he's the guy that I right now I'm like that's that's the guy I want. Joel Thomas is probably one B, and they have completely different strengths and weaknesses with them. Uh, like Sean said in the chat, Joel had applied in 2012, uh, probably really wanted that job in 2012. I think he was coming off of being the associate head coach slash running backs coach at Washington at the time. Uh, ended up moving on to Arkansas and coached a couple guys that played in the NFL and has now been with the saints for six or seven years. Um, from a recruiting standpoint, coming back and saying, I'm the first, uh, minority head coach in Idaho history. I'm probably the greatest running back in Idaho history. Oh yeah. I coached Mark Ingram and Alvin Kamara. As you can see on the screen, they put that very prominently up on his bio on the saints website. Uh, those are things that are going to probably sound pretty sweet to some kids. Uh, the fact that he had a large hand in turning one of the best running backs in the NFL into one of the best running backs in the NFL. That's, that's fantastic. That's a huge thing. 
the thing that scares me and what Taylor Cash just put in the the chat, little nervous about his experience and resume. That is my one fear. He has one season at Washington as the associate head coach. He has two years at Idaho as a co-offensive coordinator slash running backs coach. That was under Nick Holt. Uh, and if anybody remembers the Nick Holt days, those weren't particularly warm or welcome. Uh, not something I really want to think back too much on that. Obviously, a couple of years later, Aki takes over a lot of Holt and Erickson's recruits and does something with it. But the the two years that Holt was here weren't truly great. We have no idea. Maybe Joel Thomas was a co-offensive coordinator, and what that meant is we're just going to pay you a little bit more than we would have otherwise uh, to lure you out of Louisville. Maybe that's what it was. Maybe he was the guy calling the plays for a couple teams that didn't win a whole lot. No idea. Um, and that's, I think that's where kind of my concern with it is, is we have no idea what it would look like. He, I cannot imagine he comes in and runs the, the pro style Sean Payton offense here we have no idea what it would look like. He hasn't coached in college for seven years. And at the time he was running backs coach. He's been a running backs coach virtually everywhere. We just have no idea. He'd be, he'd check the box of going back to the Idaho. Well, and if you're going back to the Idaho, well, this is probably the best name you're going to get. You're not going to get Doug Nussmeyer to come down. Uh, you're not going to get Brian Lindgren to come down. Joel Thomas is probably the best current vandal in coaching that you could get to come back. Uh, that might be a really big thing. I'm on the same page with you, Brian. I could not care less if the guy is from Idaho, if he's from Alaska, if he's from Florida. They could hire Ted Lasso for all I care. As long as the guy wins and puts out a program that isn't, filled with a bunch of criminal charges and coaches screaming at players and awful things. I could not care less uh, if they have an Idaho tie. And so I'm a little bit lower on, on Thomas than, than most people, but being a running backs coach in the NFL for seven years, you're he's damn good at his job. And that's what, that's what I'm looking for. We, we haven't talked about Brent Pease yet. I I'm obviously a lot colder on him than you. I, I don't we'll, think he's we'll done very recently. That's my big thing for, for candidates. I want to see them doing well right now. Thomas is a guy that that's doing pretty good at his job. I couldn't name a, a running backs coach in the NFL that's maybe doing a better job than he is. And Joel Thomas, look, the the Idaho connection, I don't want people to misunderstand this because I think, kind of like Coulter said when he was on our show, Lord knows how long ago, if there's an Idaho connection for a guy who's good, that's great. I just don't want it to be a prerequisite that you need an Idaho connection. I think Joel Thomas would be a very good candidate. He has reasons. There's reasons to believe he'd be a very good candidate for Idaho. Of the guys we're going to talk about, Joel Thomas and Jason Ecker, 1-1-A for me. Kind of depends on the moment of the day you talk about. Because I can tell you earlier in the day, I was kind of thinking, hey, maybe Eck first. But now talking about, I'm thinking, hey, maybe Joel Thomas first. They both have have some holes in their resume. You already talked about it. No head coaching experience. Yeah, for sure. That's, that's real. Um, I can say. Joel Thomas, one, he has some intangibles that just no one else is going to touch. I, I think Joel Thomas, as a young, very popular former Vandal, who we have no reason to presume anything but competence at this point, would effortlessly energize a good portion of our fan base. I think he would effortlessly energize fundraising. And I think in terms of getting regional talent both to our team and to our coaching staff, I think it would be tough to beat Joe Thomas as a magnet. To Idaho. Now he doesn't have, let's, he might not have the same collegiate network that a Jason Eck might have. And he doesn't have coordinator experience like Eck. Absolutely correct. 
I, but I think there's a lot to be excited about with, with Joel Thomas. He, he's had a, a good amount of stops relative to being a relatively young coach. And a lot of those stops looked like they're pretty, pretty positive. Did I actually get corrected? I absolutely said Joel. So Taylor Cash, thanks for correcting me. I said Joel, but uh, I, I'd be pretty excited about Joel Thomas on staff. Um, I, you know, there would be some anxiety that once the season started, I think we <clears throat> there might be a little bit of head coach growing pains. By the way, North uh, Northern Colorado saw that with Ed McCaffrey. Ed McCaffrey was an absolutely great get for Northern Colorado. Part of it was the name, and he's been a magnet for talent to Northern Colorado. Uh, it took a little bit of time to put it together. I don't know if that means we might have a little bit of that with Joel Thomas, but I don't really care. Like if he's if he's if he can get us talent, then fine. I'm I'm okay saying the first few weeks don't look as good as they necessarily have as they necessarily could if if things go, go together. And that doesn't mean it would be that way. So broadly speaking, I'm pretty high on Joel Thomas. We'll get to gambling odds at the end of the show. I don't know what else there is to add about Joel Thomas other than. We acknowledge the holes, but there's a lot to be optimistic about with Joel Thomas. Anything before we move on? Because we do have a time we have to kill this podcast at. And I think the last big name to talk about is Brent Peace Dallas. Yeah, the one, the, or there's two quick points I wanted to make. Uh, Nick jumped in, in the chat and said, at this point, Joel Thomas is the one candidate he wouldn't feel like is a letdown for taking this long. Couldn't agree more. If it took them a month to hire Joel Thomas, like, okay, you pulled the coach out of the NFL. That's pretty impressive. I get that's going to take a while. Uh, Dustin Best also mentioned, if it's Joel, why isn't he signed? Um, that's it's such a weird thing because obviously the Saints are still in uh, still in the playoff hunt. There's what four teams that are six and seven vying for the final spot in the wild card, so that might have issues with it. He might only be able to talk to Idaho on uh, Tuesdays or typically the NFL day off, so it could be that. Who knows? I we we just we don't we have we don't have enough information to know what's taking so long. And like Brian said, it's probably just. They're letting the process play out, but the optics of it are not great. So that's all I wanted to add on that. Um, that takes us to, I can't believe I have to talk about this. Brent Pease. Um, I'm sure he's a fine person. Um, I I do not like the idea of Brent Pease at all. And this is one of, another one of those things that Brian and I uh, definitely don't see the same thing on, uh, but I, I just don't. I don't see it. Um, Brent Pease is a, a right now uh, for anybody listening. Brent Pease is the associate head coach and wide receivers coach at Montana. Um, if the name sounds familiar to you, but that's not why it sounds familiar. He coached at Boise state for a considerable amount of time. Um, uh, five years, I believe um, he from everything we've heard sounds kind of like a Petrino maybe a competent version of Petrino, which is not what I wanted this hire to be. Um, he's an old school hard ass is what we hear. Um, it's just, it's just not something that I'm it's not something that I'm thrilled on. Um, I think his time at Florida was obviously one of the worst hires in recent history. Uh, that Florida team under Will Muschamp was absolute dog shit. Um, truly the worst season Florida had had in 40 years, which caused him to get fired. And then Muschamp and the rest of the staff shortly after that, he fell down to Washington, uh, reunited with Chris Peterson as a receivers coach there, got fired again right before they uh, went to the college football playoff, went to UTEP and put some of the worst offenses in the history of the FBS together, got fired from there. It's just he's he's on the downslope of his career. He's almost 60. He, he's from Moscow. That's I think that's the, the box he checks. I just don't see if you were going to fire Petrino and pay for the buyout, why are you hiring 
Petrino without the family ties. I just, I, I, I don't see it. Well, we have to move pretty quick because I, I have a hard out for this show. Um, I'm going to say just listen to our last episode if you're really curious about the Brent Peace talk because I'm I'm not as down as Dallas is. Uh, I I think look my my understanding of Brent Peace is he's if Paul Petrino were competent he'd be Brent Peace is what everyone has has told us about Brent Peace um, personality wise like that's what we've been told we've been told he's harsh um, but we've also been told that the, the guys who play at Montana love him. Uh, I do know that I did some deep diving into his background and some of the jobs he lost like at Florida. He ran like Will Muschamp wanted to run an awful offense, and Brent Peace did what he was supposed to as an employee under Will Muschamp. It wasn't close to like what he did when they were at Boise State. Now he's only OC at Boise State for a year, but it's not like he took that Cadillac offense that Boise State had and drove it into a ditch. He did he he did what you would want a guy to do with that roster. So because uh, we need, I do need to shift. Brent Peace has a resume that I think anyone should be excited about in terms of prestige of positions, in terms of diversity of positions, in terms of theoretical um, recruiting footprint. All of those to me are, are reasons to be excited, but Dallas, you are right. He, his mark against him, because every coach that we get is going to have potential demerits, is he has been fired from some jobs and he has not yet been a head coach. Now he's had every position you could essentially have except head coach. So there's reason to believe he, if there's a guy without head coaching experience who can put together a staff and has background to make the jump. Sounds like he could be he, like, this is about as good a candidate for that as you're going to get, but moving on. Cause we talked about Brent peace for quite a while. And also just in terms of the energy we're getting, I'm not saying Brent peace isn't the guy we know for a fact, the guy interviewed, we know for a fact, he's putting together a staff, by the way, everyone who interviewed should be putting together a staff. So that just makes him normal relative to people we talked about. Uh, gambling odds really quick, Dallas, uh, before we call this good, uh, who, you know, gun to your head. This is just hot take from Dallas. This is just shooting, you know, just going with your gut. If we get an announcement Wednesday or Thursday, who's it going to be? And uh, who Joel is Thomas. the runner up? Joel Thomas is the person I would put, uh, put the bet on. Jason Eck would be the, the runner up. Um, those are, those are it. And then if I had a dollar, I was willing to just piss away on a hope and a prayer on a crazy wild card. I'd put it on Bo Baldwin, but that's just because I am trying to still speak it into existence. To me, it, it this all lines up for it being Joel Thomas. This taking such a long time to, to sort out feels like, yeah, maybe they are trying to hire a guy that is in the middle of a season, is in the middle of a season that, again, the Saints aren't going to go anywhere. But the Saints could make the playoffs now that the NFC and the AFC have expanded to seven teams apiece. The Saints have a chance to make the playoffs. Uh, not that Taysom Hill is going to do anything when they get there, but they have a chance to make the playoffs. So it's probably pretty difficult to engage with a guy that has a considerably more than full time job. Uh, to me, this this just whole this whole thing screams like it's going to be Joel Thomas. Which, again, I'm pretty excited about. That's a whale. Um, Captain Fifty Eight jumping into the chat saying, "No, Andy Thompson figured he'd he'd be hired already if he was the guy." That's exactly what what I thought he would be here if he was the guy. That's why we haven't talked about him today. Well, asterisk, I can talk about that one too really quick, which is Andy Thompson interviewed to our knowledge. We have very reasonable, very good, reliable source so far that that said um, Andy Thompson interviewed. Sacramento State is known freakishly in their world for letting no info out, like to the point that they don't tell their SID when they sign people on their team. So in that regard, any info out of Sacramento, we're not getting any help. 
for sure. And honestly, this doesn't mean he's not on the table because there might the guy name might be someone we don't talk about for sure, but we can only put odds on the people we know about. Andy Thompson, I think he'd be a great get. He's been a coordinator and a defensive coach in the Big Sky for 16 years. I bet he wants a head coaching job. He's never had one. He'd be a great guy to have until we have news on him. We're not going to say we have news on him. But uh, I'm with you. I think that, well, one, if we didn't hear about Andy Thompson, it's because of contract negotiations with other guys that are taking place first. I'm with you. I think uh, if, I had, uh, if I had to put money on this, I would put, I'd put money on Joel right now. Uh, this isn't like, hey, not breaking news or anything, dudes. This is just gut. We have info. This is educated guess, but this is gut check time right now. I'd say th- I think things are most likely pointing to Joel. He's the guy who I'd feel most confident saying I think is going to be the guy. But that's that's not breaking news, guys. That's putting info together. That's putting situations together. Like, hey, if it's taking this long, it seems like there's probably contract stuff going on. Um, Joel's the guy who seems like he's more likely to have uh, contract issues to work out right now, whereas like FCS coordinator contracts, those are typically one year. What, what is there to work out? You finish the year, you're over. And also as far as announcing, it's a, it's pretty close to industry protocol that we announce because our, our recruits need to know who's going to be there. Our staff needs to start planning around having a guy there. So, yeah, I, I am with you on that. Now, I will say – I don't want to write out Brent Peace at all because he clearly he's clearly interviewed. We know for a fact that he interviewed. We know he's still involved. I don't know if I would take the rest of the field over Peace if we don't if it's not um, if we're wrong on Joel Thomas and Jason Eck. And the answer is, hey, is it Brent Peace or the field? I think the safer gamble will be Brent Peace, but like that that isn't necessarily important. We we had good info to to, to link Brent Peace to this job. Uh, some of that seems to have cooled, but that doesn't necessarily mean anything. I mean, this is kind of like voting when people pay attention to elections and there's a quote unquote front runner in the elections. It's just the order stuff is counted in. That doesn't mean there was an actual front runner. Same with Brent Peace. We had good news about Brent Peace, but we also got it before, before some of our good news about other guys. I mean, that's part of why it seemed in our world, like narratively, Brent Peace was going to be there. Good info came in, but hey, good info came in that he's not. He hasn't. And I know it hasn't announced yet. We know he was in inter- they were still interviewing when the when football scoop had their first wrong report about Brent Peace being a the front runner. But that's what I do. I'm sorry, guys. I gotta just cut this short because I have to get off here. This has been around the bar, brought to us by Brian Hughes. Has to get off. Sounds like OnlyFans. Good God. Thank you again. Yeah. Uh, Around the Bar, brought to us by Hughes River Expedition. If you're looking for a great, all-inclusive, week-long vacation, don't look past your backyard. Venture into the largest protected wilderness in the continental United States, located right here in the great state of Idaho. Enjoy a multi-day trip down the Middle Fork of the Salmon, the main Salmon River no return, Salmon River Canyons, and Selway. You can even check out special trips like the one to see the Perseid Meteor Shower. Camp on pristine beaches, run amazing whitewater, hike scenic trails, spot wildlife, soak in beautiful natural hot springs, Take in the history all along the river and fish some of the most remote stretches of river in the country. You just bring your clothes, let HRE handle the rest. Hughes River Expeditions has been vandal owned and operated since 1976 and ready to take you on a vacation of a lifetime. What are you waiting for? Find out what it's like to grab paddle, catch dinner, and ride the bull all throughout the gem state. Call them now at 800-262-1882 or check them out at HughesRiver.com. And that's it. I got to sprint away. Just asterisk, guys, just because of that last part where we we gave our odds. 
again, it's been, it, th these are educated guesses, but that, that, that this is not like confirmed stuff that we're saying. We're just saying preponderance of evidence at this point. You co-sign on that Dallas? Yeah, no, I mean, there's a very good chance that Idaho hires someone tomorrow and we've never said their name and it's a, Oh, Holy shit. Had no idea this person was, a, it was interested or it's a Holy shit. Who the hell is that guy? Maybe it's Condoleezza Rice. That was a thing for the Browns. Maybe it's a thing for Idaho. Who knows? But I got to go now. That means time for Colby Acuff to play us out. Go Vandals. Go Vandals. So raise your glass and have a drink with me. Here's to the Vandals and the craft. I'll just out there living the dream. Part of one and only Moscow drinking tea.